with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Yes, it is. It's film reviews and movie news with me, Stuart Pink. And don't be fooled by the rocks that he's got. He's still Mark from the block. Mark Sibby. You know, it's it's lucky that my my name, Mark, actually fits into that sentence, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yes. You've gone for Marcus. It wouldn't have worked for Stuart as your full name. Either. It's still Stuart from <laughs> no. the block. You'd go, okay, right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah. I'm liking that, though. Stuart from the block. I might start using that. Really? That could that could be a thing. I yeah. don't think it's a thing. <laughs> I think you're reading too much into it. You know, J-Lo, yeah. Jennifer uh, Lopez, or however she's describing herself now, I get. Stuart Pink yeah. from the block. <laughs> it's not quite got the same ring to it. Stuart Pink from the close. Yes. <laughs> I, I, yes. From the, uh, from the T-junction. Yes. From yeah, from the cul-de-sac. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, we mentioned Jenny from the block for reasons which podcast listeners will um, come to understand. Yes, but um, yes. How are you, Mark? Yes, are you well? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Um, yeah, we've got uh, good an eclectic mix of movies again this week. Yes, out for everyone. Yes. I, well, I think so, actually. Yeah. I mean, we should start with uh, a movie that's in cinemas. It's called Benediction. It is the true story of English writer, poet and soldier Siegfried Sassoon. Oh, that's a good name. It, it's a cracking Siegfried name, isn't it? It's a cracking name. Yeah. It really is. It is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I didn't know anything about Siegfried Sassoon before seeing this film. I had no idea who this person was at all. And yeah, you know, I'm like, I don't know who this person is. And having seen the film, I felt like I'd learnt a heck of a lot about who he was and what he stood for and, you know, his entire life. So I think, you know, in that regard, writer-director Terence Davis has done a terrific job because we get to experience many parts of Siegfried Sassoon's life through the film. These are all bookended, by the way, with clips from the war, real footage, uh, set alongside the poems oh, that wow. uh, Sassoon wrote during his time on the front line during World War One, I. I really like that about it actually because it kind of gave it a, a real world effect to the to the film. Uh, it kind of reminded you, hey, this guy was real. He experienced a yeah. lot of horrors, and the way that he dealt with it was actually by writing it down as well. And obviously, you know, uh, recently we've had Mental Health Week as well. So this is an interesting time for this movie to come out as well, I think. The actual storyline itself has a somewhat Great Gatsby element to it because Siegfried Sassoon is an upper-class gent. He only hangs around with his like-minded people. He answers back to his superiors in the army. He's somebody who has got a great, a great amount of bravado before he's even started on anything, really. And then he yeah. falls in love with Ivan Novello, and the film switches to a love story, and then it sort of switches to a broken love story as well. So there's a lot that, you know, during this period... I mean, this is you know, this is only probably for about a 20-year period, maybe less. There's a lot going on in this man's life. It's quite, you know, the film is quite busy showing you different things mm. that he's involved in. So it's it's one that you do need to keep up with because things that we see, you know, then go on to influence Sassoon's life later on. And it's 
poems and his work and, you know, everything else like that. We also do see an older Siegfried Sassoon, played by Peter Capalde, who sat in his chair reminiscing about his early life as well. Um, Um. There's not much of that in this. It sort of, it starts and there's a bit in the middle and there's a bit at the end. Instead, it is mainly the young Siegfried Sassoon who is played by Jack Loudon. I've got to say, Jack Loudon in this is absolutely brilliant. It's a performance yeah. and a half from this guy. It really is. It's pure magnetism. I mean, I, I I, really couldn't take my eyes off him because he was given such a brilliant performance. You know, one minute he's he's making Sassoon the most confident person on the planet, and the next he's like a broken shell of a man because he's uh, he's he's had trouble in his love life with Ivan Novello as well. I mean, as I said... There's a lot to do in there. there. There is a lot to do. And, you know, you've got the other bits yeah. as well, obviously, um, him being in the army as well, having to deal with PTSD. So all of this sort of stuff is going on at the same time. Wow. And I think Jack Loudon is absolutely brilliant here. I mean, it, it's... It's the perfect piece of casting, really. I mean, the rest of the cast is really good as well. I'm going to say that, okay? Peter Capaldi is very good. Uh, Jason Isaacs is very good as well. Everybody's really good in this. But Jack Loudon is the be-all and end-all in this film. He is just brilliant. And I think this is the type of movie that... I mean, he's already done a lot of films. So people will be aware of him by having seen him in a few bits and bobs here and there. But I think this is the film that is going to elevate him to the next level of, of you know, the types of movies that he gets offered, basically. Yeah. Um, I think Starring that's... Starring role. Yeah. There's going to be somewhere Tough. where he breaks out at some point. And, you know, this is, this is the one that a lot of people will take notice of his performance for. So I think... Mm. He's he's brilliant in this. The film itself, you know, it's, it's dealing with every single facet of Siegfried Sassoon's character um, and his life. It does it very well. You know, here's a, here's a guy who's trying to make sense of his life and his love and that every single turn something is thrown at him or, you know, he's having to deal with something. Um, there is a lot to be said about this type of storytelling biopic. You know, it's not the he was born, then he had his teenage years, then he had his 20 years, then 30 and blah, blah, blah. It's not like yeah. that. That's the thing. It's it's, in a bit. Yeah, it's, it's a very different type of storytelling biopic. As I said, you do need to keep you keep following it because it's got a lot going through it. Um and it does throw you around for, during the, the time periods of Sassoon's life. But it's easy to understand because you've got Jack Loudon as the younger one or Peter Capaldi as the older one. It's fine. It's quite easy. So, you know, <laughs> I think I like the fact that this is very different storytelling in a type of for a biopic. But at the same time, it's kind of a little bit of the same as well. You know, as in we've seen this type of biopic before as well. It feels... Like it's almost easy to follow, but at the same time, not because it's, you know, going through different periods. So I like the fact that it's, it's slightly different yet at the same time, it feels a bit samey as well. I was interested all the way through this movie. I've got to be honest. I I thought this was a really impressive piece of work. Excellent. I like the idea of the chucking in the poems and the, the, war uh real footage that sounds you see that could have gone either way yeah you see for somebody like yourself who who does write poems i think you'd be really i think you'd find this quite interesting as to how Mm. they use the poems in the film and also you know when they do um when they do say the poems where that influence has come from as well 
Yeah, I you thought see the backstory really to the work. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good. And also, I must mention that uh, writer director Terence Davis he actually lives just down the road. You know, he actually lives about does he? Yeah, like tw- uh, like twenty miles down the road. He lives in Mistley. Oh, he's in Essex. Pool, yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, the, the, oh, he, he doesn't make that many films because his films are um, are not mainstream at all. I think this is most accessible. Uh, having said that, I love Time and the, uh, of Time and the City. To be honest with you, um, Sunset Song I think is a very good film as well. But I think this is his most accessible. I think this is a really good film. Excellent. So as he's an exploit, I'm a poet. Obviously, he's going to write me a lovely biopic like this Well, in years to come, right? Well, surely you should be pitching him an idea. That's what I would think. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll have to have a word. I think you should. Lovely idea. I think you should. Well done, Mark. Well done. I'll pay you later. <laughs> so poetry in motion, you'd say this was. Oh, you see, you see oh. there you go. You see, this is why That's you're a poet and you, and, oh, you do know it. Oh, oh, oh. did know it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So Benediction out in cinemas. Indeed in cinemas, yes. Nice. And what <laughs> what else you got? Similar sort of vibe? Uh, yes, kind of, yes. Uh, so now showing on Disney Plus, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Okay. Uh, so Here we go. this is set 30 years after the TV show ended. Chippendale lived very different lives. When a cast member from the original series mysteriously disappears, the pair must reunite to save their friend. We're, oh. we're not going to do the theme tune, okay? We're not going to do it. Okay, okay. Because I think there's already enough people <laughs> out God. there having it going round in their head every time we say Chip and Dale. Um, so well, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so, you know, I think obviously Rescue Rangers was one of the most, I think it was one of the most iconic animated TV shows of the late 1980s. Um, I think... Yeah, probably people. I think everyone remembers it. Yeah, absolutely. I think most people who grew up with it still think it's fantastic. It's still loads of fun. It really is. So a reboot makes sense, but this is not a reboot. That's already available on Disney Plus as I think it's Chippendale Park Life or something like that. It's very, very different. This is a continuation of the original series set in the modern day with a very modern type of storytelling because the film is very self-aware. So Chip and Dale are aware of their stardom and the highs and lows that has brought them. Um, you know, here is very much a plot about how stardom can and will fade. I mean, early on, we see Chip doing the Comic-Con circuit and he's signing autographs for fans alongside uh, characters from that wow. era as well. You know, from cartoons from that era as well, um, you know, which is obviously something that's di- ripped directly from real life. You know, actors who are desperate for their adoring fans still. You know, and I love the fact that this film is poking fun at something like that. And yet also making it a little yeah. bit of a sad tale about some people still desperately trying to cling to stardom once you've, you know, once it's faded. But that's not the main plot here. OK, the main plot is to do with the disappearance of Monterey Jack. Most might remember Monterey Jack from uh, Monte, as they call him from the original TV series. So at the heart of it... I was it, just thinking, that not that a cheese? <laughs> well, well, it is, yes. But <laughs> oh, okay. it's also a character. It's okay. not a moment. No. Yeah, fair enough. No, they're not trying to, they're not trying to find a cheese. Um, having said that... <laughs> it's a very different Having film. said that, <laughs> it does start oh. with them finding a very pongy cheese. So you can see oh, the joke. You see the joke already. There's there you go. Right. Link. Okay. So 
Nice. They're trying to find Monty. But here's the thing. Chip and Dale realise that, yes, we used to be TV detectives. We know how to do this. But the problem is crime storytelling, the crime storytelling landscape has moved on. And it's another thing that the pace of this film self-references a lot. And it works because they realise they've not been doing this for a long, long time. And they have to come to terms with the fact that they are one step behind how the modern world works when it's trying to solve crimes. Now, luckily, they do get help from a police officer. She's also a super fan as well. She loved the original show. I mean, th- this is the thing. This is why I like this film, because it's fun. It's fresh. It's quite addictive. You know, you're you're really interested in what happened to Monte because it just it moves into a crime, the crime storytelling landscape. You know, it's, it's got an addictive um you know watch about it because you're like, a bit csi it kind of is a little bit csi david caruso is a chipmunk <laughs> well i mean yes to be honest you know i mean as much as that sounds bonkers but yeah it's kind of like that it's kind of like an elongated episode of csi or something however beyond all of that because i don't want to spoil too much that's the thing you know in the when we got sent the 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 email for this we we had to sign an embargo to say we won't give any spoilers away as to certain things. So I don't want to say too much more about what happens in that. The official secret act. Yeah, kind of, yeah well, which is perfectly oh, in keeping with, yeah. obviously, this film. What I will say is <laughs> I think the best thing about this movie, the best thing about it, even though I like the, you know, I like the fact that it's got those poking fun at, you know, actors doing Comic-Cons and, and the crime story as well. The best thing about this is the nods, references, visual gags, to everything, and I do mean everything, in the Disney company. Okay. Okay, so there are so many jokes with Disney characters and at the expense of Disney characters. There are so many visual jokes that you've got to keep an eye out for. There are much love, but kind of forgotten about characters popping up throughout. There are references to old Chip and Dale cartoons as well. So this is a treasure trove of entertainment for anybody who grew up in the 1980s or 1990s, basically. It's brilliantly done. I was in fits of hysterics throughout as well. Um, oh, I, oh, I've got to mention the animation as well. So the, the animation, okay. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you. It looks, right. looks like a blend. Yes. So, so the animation is basically every single animation style you have ever seen in this film. <laughs> I kid you not okay. as well, right? It's just, it works brilliantly. That's the thing. Every time a new character turns up, they're animated differently. And huh. Chip and Dale are animated differently, as people will see. Um, and I love the explanation as to why Chip is animated differently to Dale. I think it is perfectly in keeping with the movie. And also it's got something to say about Hollywood's obsession with trying to stay youthful as well. Yeah. Right? As you see, do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. this film is working on so many levels. It's like Inception. It's like Inception for <laughs> Chip and Dale. It's bizarre. Um, <laughs> what I will say, though, is I don't think this is an animated movie for kids. I think this is an animated movie for adults who grew up with these shows, who loved these shows when they were kids. And that's the, I think that's the point of the film is that it's showing how a once Mm -hmm. loved, but now forgotten, whatever it is, 
can still make a comeback if it is done right. And Chippendale Rescue Rangers is done really, 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 really right. I just love this because it's so clever and it is so funny. Amazing. So it's kind of for kids or adults that remember watching the original. It's, but could you t- watch it with your kids and explain? Do you know that's a good gaps? question, and that's a that's something that I've discussed with a couple of other people who've seen it. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, my suggestion would be you can watch it; it's no problem. But I think if you're an adult watching it with your kids, I think you're going to laugh more than the kids, and you're going to have to explain a lot of references. <laughs> so let's put it this way: it's for big kids. Well, yeah. Okay. That's a good word. Yes. 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 Yeah. I know exactly who they are. Yes. Yep. Um, and if that, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if that, you know, if I haven't sold it enough for you and I'm appealing to a very small fan base here, I realize that. But um, <laughs> let me tell you this it is, it's all done with the Lonely Island guys because Andy Samberg voices one of the characters. Uh, yes. Akiva Schaefer is the director of it as well, so it's it's Lonely Island using Disney characters, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. I mean, I'm a huge Lonely Island fan. I, I love them, um, but I just love the fact that somehow Lonely Island have managed to get inside Disney and have taken a much loved property and made what is essentially a Lonely Island movie. <laughs> I, 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 brilliant brilliant but Amazing. you know chippendale rescue rangers brilliant anyway it's, it's just fantastic it really is do you said to me last week we were doing the chippendale film i thought okay that'll be like just picture the old school stuff this is like completely different and you know a whole new level here's the, here's the funny thing as well is right at the beginning of the film it goes when people say chippendale you probably think this guy who made these cabinets there's a guy called Chippendale who makes Chippendale cab. Well, obviously used to be in the 1800s. And then he goes, or oh, you're possibly thinking of these guys. And they talk about the Chippendales. And then they go, or oh, in third place, you think about Chip and Dale, which is us. And you're like, see, already, already, the film is not even a minute old. And already it's making references like that. Genius. Nice. So um, do we reckon we'll get another one in another 20 years time? Well, I would just like another one next year or something, to be honest with you. I mean, continue. Yes, please. Thank you very much. You know, I mean, I can't say any more about how much fun this movie is, apart from it starts with a Tenacious D song and it goes up from there. Anybody who loves Tenacious D will know what I'm talking about. You know, its soundtrack is brilliant as well. Excellent. So this is out where? So this is streaming on Disney Plus. And it is, you know. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. I don't know how it's streaming on Disney Plus because of the amount of Disney characters in here (laughs) that they are making jokes about. I don't know what they got cut out of it because some of the stuff I'm offended. Really? (laughs) This is a little on the nose for Disney. I've got to be honest. But hey, it's got through the censors. It's got through the Disney censors. And that's all, all. I'm all the better for it. Nice. What else you got for us, Mark? Uh, so on DVD and Blu-ray, we've got a film called Marry Me, which... Uh, oh, rom-com. Yes, rom-com alert. Yes, it's about music superstars, Cat Valdez and Bastion. They're about to get married before a global audience of fans live streaming through their social medias. But Cat learns seconds before her vows that Bastion has been unfaithful. So she decides to marry Charlie. 
a stranger in the crowd at her gig. Oh, that's very I mean, uh, normal. I mean, where do you start <laughs> with with wow. something like this? It's very showbiz, isn't it? it? It's not even showbiz. That's the thing. It's 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 <laughs> it's not even a believable fairy tale. It's a fairy tale's fairy tale. You know, it's <laughs> it's just so hideously cliched in every second of its runtime. It's a story that would never, ever, 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 ever happen. I mean, okay, it helps that Charlie's the only person at at uh, Cat Valdez's concert with a sign that says "Marry Me" on it, and it wasn't even his sign either. That's the thing; he was handed it. Um, I mean, within the first 20 minutes, my eyes rolled so much that I had become a master at the eye rolling game. You know, it's exactly how you would expect it to be. It is horrible from start to finish. Oh. And yet, (laughs) and yet, there is something that pulled me in about this movie. Okay. I was sort of. I knew you were going to not like it. Yeah. I was sort of won (laughs) over by its terribleness and its horribly cliched romance story. I I couldn't put my finger on it at the time, but I've since worked it out that what made me actually fall under the film's spell was Jennifer Lopez. I was going to say, she's always so lovely in these sort of the, the, rom-com romantic films. The woman holds this film together entirely, and she actually makes you care for this character. It's an amazing feat to do, considering how self-absorbed Cat Valdez is and how she only yeah. cares about her career, which seems to exist only online, to be honest with you. I mean, her, her concert is not that well populated down the front. Um, let me tell you, there's a lot of arm room, I can tell you that, which I'm like, I've been down the front at gigs. There's not that much arm room. Yeah, that's, that's very civilised. Yeah, and yet I kind of... I bought into it quite a bit because of the excellent performance of Jennifer Lopez. There's a nice tenderness to her. You know, when everything is stripped away and we see the real Cat Valdez... I actually found myself rooting for her a couple of times as in to find happiness nice. in amongst all of this yeah. showbiz nonsense, you know, and all of the social media numbers and whatever else. When it was just her, I kind of thought this is actually quite a sweet movie. I wasn't rooting for Owen Wilson, though. OK, no, oh, he's no. a nice guy, isn't he? No, I don't get the guy at all. I don't think he's a good actor. <laughs> Who thought of casting this guy as Mr. Average, Mr. Guy on the street? Actually, Mr. Guy in the crowd, I guess, you know, because... The guy on the sofa. The guy on the sofa, yeah, because (laughs) let's face it, it's not Owen Wilson, you know. I know that he's not... uh, You know, if you put somebody like Ryan Gosling into this movie, you would be like, well, no, he's not Mr. Everyday. You know, he's not Mr. Everyman. I get that. But neither is Owen Wilson. That's the thing. You know, I, I think he's just badly miscast here. I just, I never bought into anything he said or did or anything else like that. You know, even, not even in a, oh, yeah. he's so, he, he's so bad in a good way. You know, I just thought it you was. needed Hugh Grant, do you think? No, that's the thing. You need an everyman. Um, okay. And people are going to go, well, Owen Wilson is the everyman. No, he, he's not. That's the thing. He's really not. He's too quirky. You know, he fits perfectly into a Wes Anderson movie. He doesn't fit perfectly into a rom-com. I just, you know, I was like, no, I don't think so. No, not at all. Yeah, not not this time. No, it's the wrong person. Uh, So, look, 
the film has one really bad performance. The film has one really good performance in it. And if I'm being honest, overall, it is quite terrible. And yet that good performance from Jennifer Lopez actually redeems the terribleness of it a little bit. <laughs> so if you like or, you know, like and or love Jennifer Lopez, I think you're going to enjoy the movie. For anybody else, and I include myself in this, uh, just, well, all the best. All the best in trying to get through it, really. Yeah, just under two hours of yeah. what it is. Yeah, it's, it, it, oh. it, it's a struggle. Looks it's lovely in the trailer. Yeah. Looks like a, a feel-good vibe. Yeah. Is it better or worse than Made in Manhattan? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Ew, dear. Um, I can't remember if I thought it was bad or terrible or wonderful. Oh, Same, dear. Um, she was great in it. But <laughs> yeah. That, do you know what? That's a really good question. And I think they're probably on equal footing, as in Jennifer Lopez is good in both of them. Um, the the rest of it is just terrible. Just terrible. What we need is someone to make a film with Jennifer Lopez and Lady Gaga in it. Yeah. Entering. Yeah. Some kind of like a road two trip. Two of those opposite Th- each other. Amazing. Uh, like a Thelma and Louise type road trip. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I'd like to see that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's get it done. And uh, that'll beat both of those films. It will. It, it absolutely <laughs> will. And I think it would be really good fun as well. Really good fun. Because both of them are fantastic. When they get down to it, you know, they're, they're, that's the thing. When they both get down to it and you see them and you're like, they're actually really good actors. Yeah. You go, I want to see more of this. But unfortunately, sometimes, you know, it's easy to be paid 50 million to churn out something that is pretty basic. <laughs> oh, so you won't be marrying in the uh, the film itself? No, absolutely not. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's one what? step too far. Is it a, a DVD one? Or is it, uh, it's where, DVD, it Blu-ray, and I believe it's on digital download as well. Available on the block. Yes, yeah, yeah, the streaming <laughs> block, yes. Excellent. Mark, what you got for us next week? Next week, we've got the return after 30-something years of Maverick. Oh, it's finally happening. It's finally happening. So Top Gun Maverick, oh. we're going to be talking about it. It's finally happening. Tom Cruise has returned to one of his iconic yes. characters. Uh, I'll get the dry ice ready. Get it ready. Get, you know, get Berlin as well. <laughs> um, you know, get yes. the motorcycle ready. Get the volleyball ready as well. Get all of Juice it ready. Juice and gum. Yes. Yeah. I get all of that. Shades on. Uh, also, we're going to be talking about an animated movie called Fireheart. And then we are also going to be talking about a, a thriller slash horror called Ghosts of the Ozarks. Nothing to do with the TV show. I have to say oh, that. I was going to say, I've seen that. No, nothing no? to do okay. with the TV show. It's just the fact that it is set in the Ozarks. So, uh, yeah. So another Same another eclectic place. mix next week. Excellent. I'm very excited to don the aviators once more. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. <laughs> Best bit about the original movies when he turns up and says, can I take a shower? <laughs> Why? I mean, how random is that? Yeah, I, know. I need to take a shower. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It's very true. But let's be honest. Well, that film is yeah. still a classic. <laughs> Even with that, it's it still a classic, you know. So, yeah. It is. Awesome. I'll see you for that next week. we Will do. Film reviews and movie news with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Thanks for listening to Film Reviews and Movie News. We've been doing this little podcast for years now. Mark has watched and expertly reviewed hundreds of films 
and I've made hundreds of terrible jokes. They're all available to listen to again if you subscribe to the Film Reviews and Movie News podcast. It's freely available wherever you get your podcasts from, or you can find all the latest episodes and everything else I do online at stuartpink.com. 